You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the real episode 339 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, it's the most wonderful day of the year. I know I say that. Uh, several times during the year, but this is truly the most wonderful time because... Glorious. Wait for it. Well, I don't know why, actually. Oh, I was... Because th- we usually swerve whenever it's like the greatest time of year. So like, I know a lot of people are going, Valverde won a race this mm-hmm. weekend, didn't he? So they're going to put that at the top of the show, uh-huh. which we kind of want to. But let's be honest, it's Flanders Day. It's It's an important day. It is important. It's the line of Flanders where was flying. The men's and women's race was. I, I I don't know about you, but I was hoping to see the resurrection of Peter Sagan this weekend. Mm. Uh, did not. Wow. Did not well occur. Done. Well, yeah. <laughs> well done. I like that. Um, sort of the resurrection of GVA. Well, yeah. we can get into a that. A lot of people. Okay, we got a lot to get off, into, man. I'm I'm here to I'm turning this podcast into a GVA stand okay, account you, here. You take the tinfoil hat off for just a second. Let let Tim introduce the show. Okay, <laughs> no. So, slow ride podcast. We're here. People want our nonstop great analysis of the Tour of Flanders, both the men's and women's. Let's start on the top with the women's, finishing after the men's today, mm-hmm. and. It was Annemiek van Vluten taking the win by a, a pretty solid amount over Lisa Brunauer and Grace yeah. Brown in the sprint for second place. I watched the final 25K on delay on uh, Flow Sports. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But it was the 18th time of the women's running of the race. And a couple of things stuck out to me. One is dominating performance. Great to see movie star. Uh, actually, absolutely slaying it mm-hmm. um, as it continues with Van Vluten's great year. Longo Barghini of Trek was also in that um, group of six women. And then you had um, Cecily uh, Ludwig, Utrip uh, Ludwig, and a teammate, Marta Cavalli. One of the things that stuck out to me was that you could tell how fast that second group was going because the two FDJ riders mm-hmm. weren't even really like at the front, like working at a, like C- Cecily was, but like her teammate, I never saw her pulling through at like a high level um, for a long time that you would normally equate with the one team that had two riders in the break. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have two riders in the break, you would expect one to be right. drilling sure. it. And it just seemed like it was that hard of a race, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, transgentally is just going to be um, how much faster Van Vluten was going. Yeah. Yeah. She was not. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Like, it seemed like I it mean, was, in a roundabout. Was she was going sort of very fast. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. fast. Very hard and crushing everybody. What I took away, um, and not 
not the only thing I took away, but one other, one additional thing I took away from this race is that um, Grace Brown in third, she is um, making a solid play for a trademark move. Um, she has tried this a couple times, like getting off and just going uh, solo, and it's awesome. And I'm very much in support of this, like, kind of Thomas DeGenting style that she has really embraced and is, um, I would say, giving him a run for his money um, for as far as being the the forefront of that uh, kind of breakaway charge style. Now, I don't know enough, but I will ask. Maybe you guys do. Is Are they always running the women's Tour de Flanders after the men? They didn't used they, to. I don't know if this no. is the first year. Because I kind of... I kind of enjoyed it, and I wonder if that maybe al- allows for increased viewership versus I think it does. before the men's race. You're not going to see as many people, unfortunately, cut away, right? Because they're so zoomed into the the men's race. Like, oh, we can't watch the you know 150k to go. We can't watch the last 15k of actual racing over the Quermont um, before it uh, finishes on the the um, was it the Pattenburg, uh, and it's just. I'm curious if like if the ratings now go up or maybe I'm completely wrong and this is the race that's always later, but I would argue that this is kind of why you put a, you know, the pro one two race earlier in the day for the maximum amount of eyeballs. Cause right. this race mm-hmm. needs maximum amount of eyeballs to then sell more sponsorships so that better prize list being, yeah. you know, right. The first thing yeah. that would come with great sponsorship, we would hope. I don't um, rem- remember what it was. It was some, is maybe an opening weekend. It was one of the races where they they did this, where they put the women's race after, and I think it actually had much higher viewership than the men's race did. Yeah, I I'll reach out to I'll reach out to Abby. I'm curious on that, um, just to see kind of how that uh, how that works, because I'm I'm interested in the um, later start time. I mean, I, I really think it's enjoyed it. Great from a standpoint of uh, they made it work in that the men's race is at the same time it always was, basically. So I can wake up not ungodly early and watch the race and then watch the women's race right after it. And it's not, it used to be like, if I'm going to get up and watch the women's race, sometimes it was like, whoa, you check the clock. You'd be like, I got to be up at four 30 to catch the good part. Or I got to be at five. Like it was too early on a weekend sometimes. So yeah, then you end up watching on delay or you find out beforehand. It's not as fun. Yeah. And the announcers were doing like the classic, like the GCN announcers we're doing the plug for the race later, which is like a, it's an art, but they were very much like, Hey, stick around for, and they mentioned it a little bit that it was, you know, finishing up later. So you don't have to, you know, tune away from the final 15 K of the the men's race or whatever. It was Mm -hmm. like, Hey, yeah, it's just, it's forthcoming, which I thought was pretty awesome. So anyways, great win for Annemiek Van Vluten. Um, the capstone on an amazing weekend for Movistar. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. (laughs) And then on the men's race, we had um, the benevolent overlord of cycling, Matthew Vanderpool, gifting a victory to Casper <laughs> Haskreen. Okay. Is that how you saw Just it? being, you know, like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are hating on me. I'm Matthew Vanderpool. I just win everything, and I'm taking the fu- the way I'm taking the fun out of road racing the way I've taken the fun out of cyclocross. So, Casper oh, wow. Haskreen, go ahead and take the win, please, um, over uh, a hard-charging Greg Van Avermont for the third place step on the podium and Jasper Steven in fourth 16th place to Danny Van Poppel of Wanty. seventh um, place to so, Johnny Vermeersh. Yeah. 
I, yeah, that, that's definitely on my notes <laughs> okay. here. I got some so notes So let's get too. into it. Um, I think there's so much to discuss. So much, yeah. Clearly, we should get to the win. Major hats off to Casper Askreen. Kind of an amazing uh, season for him so yeah. far uh, and the Quick Step team. But one hell of a year by also winning E3 uh, and the Ronda. So great to see all of it. Matthew Vanderpool still won my heart this week by pulling the classic of all classic moves by saying, I don't think I have the legs. I don't think I'm timing my <laughs> uh-huh. fitness to the right time. He took a page out of the Lance Armstrong book. Yes. It was actually something pretty awesome to see. I was believing it. I put a lot of points on roller derby on him not winning because I was believing what I read in the paper. And then with 40K to go, I'm getting the text messages and I'm like, oh my God, he's he's been toying with us all this whole time, hasn't he? It yeah. was the one skill we didn't think he had, which was the bluff. He'd That's shown true. every other cycling skill. Yeah. He'd never shown the bluff. He did it to perfection. I mean, yeah, beautiful. Good to see. I was gonna say, um, he 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 did. He pulled this one out that we we weren't expecting, and uh, you know, it seems like maybe he wasn't on a good day actually, and still destroyed everyone except yeah. for one person. Yeah, that could be true. As I well. was talking to a friend that of the pod, uh, Spencer Martin of the um, Beyond the Peloton newsletter or whatever, and and he was saying that like, you know, he he didn't win, Tim. He didn't have the legs, and I was that's when I got into this idea that it was just a benevolent gifting of a win because there's some things that I liked at the sprint finish here. Um, so yes, Vanderpool new tool in the, in the old uh, tool belt, right? He can bluff his way into you thinking that he's out of form. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's relative, other thing though. that was yes. absolutely p- played to perfection was Askreen's win. He mm-hmm. went like he, he knew that he had um, some help, arriving right like he mm-hmm. it wasn't you know there was there was other some other quick step uh, teammates are around florian yeah, and seneschal seneschal in the next group yeah um but he played the cards right and he sat on that wheel and then it was he wound it up in a much bigger gear and just kept charging kind of appreciated that it was a heads up dual sprint for what 300 yards, 250 yards, Mm -hmm. 250 meters. Sorry. Yeah. It was awesome to see. Like it kept going. And then all of a sudden 50, 50 meters to go. Vanderpool, no more. Just popped. Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah, it was great. I mean, that is a classic. I haven't seen it that dramatic, but it is a classic Vanderpool move where if he knows he can't win, he doesn't bother trying anymore. It's yeah. uh, We've seen it in the cycle cross races on, lap five or something you know what i mean usually with plenty of race left but uh this was the first time with a finish line in sight that we've seen that happen i know i've gone on record saying i don't like it when people shake hands after a race right because i I like there to be animosity like you shouldn't be it's weird congratulate it was pretty cool to see matthew vanderpool come over and just be like hey man yeah oh yeah um he's nothing if not always classy in he is or win like i think that's a for being he's almost such the undisputed face. yeah giant of cycling, the fact that he loses and, and the first thing he does two seconds later is go over, shake the hand, say, "Hey, you deserved it." Yeah. Class. So, is it a loss? Is it a loss though? I know he got second, but this could be an ode to his grandfather, Pulidor. 
yeah. Yeah. Every time second place, <laughs> right? Possibly. Yeah. And and secondarily, there's a lot of people that think that Matthew Vanderpool's a flash in the pan. Yeah. I think a second place, like while it's not a win, he would have. I think everyone would want to win Flanders a second time. It proved that the COVID Flanders last year was not a fluke. Yeah. It proves all of this that like he is a legitimate generational talent or one of a you know once in a lifetime talent, and having a second place on your Palmares after you've already had such a great year already. Uh-huh. Actually, not that bad. Like you well, know, no. I'm sure Merck's lost I would it a say couple not times. Bad. Well, oh, I mean, he's done three. <laughs> he's done three Flanders. He's gone fourth, first, and second. So yeah, that's Which, what I'm saying. I, like, I'm saying that that I think I agree with Tim. It puts him in a high caliber, but nowhere near the uh, Devolders of the world who have won it twice in a row, <laughs> or the Cancellers or the Boonins, I guess as well. But mainly the Devolders. Um, yes, not yet. Now, second second place might be a loss it might be a win depends on how you want to look at it but i think there's a bigger loser than second place like a lot of times second place is your first loser but not your biggest loser i want to get into this just briefly i think uh the biggest loser on the day has to be betty Ole in 28th place former winner yeah. of this race what happened can i defend him you can. I was thinking. I was thinking. No, I was thinking the same thing. You're gonna be the only one ever. No, I was thinking the same thing until uh, last night before the race or the night before, and I was like, "Where has he been all year?" And I was looking at his pro cycling stats. It's like, man, and I forget where I found it, but I found an article that he uh-huh. had some sort of um, internal uh, hemorrhage cyst thing over the winter, oh. and he had to he had to get take some time off the bike and get on some medication, and it's treatable. What is, I forget what it is exactly. Anyway, he had a medical condition. It's being treated, but he lost some time over the winter. All um, right. Well, so it's it's a, he has a legitimate reason. I agree. Earlier in this year, too, I was like, man, that dude was a flash in the pan. But it turns out he had some health problems over the winter. Well, let's hope he recovers because yeah. it, it's going to take a lot um, to reinstate himself as a, a force to be reckoned with. I yes. maybe am a little more upset than I would normally be because I put a few points on him on roller derby and they <laughs> did not pan out at all. <laughs> the odds all. were probably pretty good, yeah. They were so, great. I was like, former winner, 20 to 1 or whatever. I'm 20 points down. So that was um, a loser. I would say winner is whoever did the artwork on the road at the top of the Paderberg. So, like, right, they come to the top of the Paderberg, they take the left, uh-huh. and the first thing you see is, like, the Spartan helmet of Cancellara, and then it was all the different winners. I would love to see photos of all, because that was some impressive road art painted. Someone took time to yeah. do two-color portraitures. They kind of had that, you know, uh, giant look, like the Shepherd Fairy kind of, um, negative space. It looked really awesome. <laughs> like I don't know. Shout out to that person or persons that put that together. Loved it. That was great to see. Mm-hmm. That's a winner. Do you guys have any other winners? I've got a loser. Oh well, I was I was gonna say in the top ten, you can say like seventh, Vermeersh, eighth, Turgis, uh, Senchal, and ninth. Those are all wins. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Sep in fifth and Wout in sixth. Those are not wins. Yeah, because they're bigger names. Those, I guess, Sep had been sick, but Sep, Sep gets sick or his bike explodes every year. Like that's just par for the course. That some like act of God forces him to not win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, 
The, well, some of those guys, like guys, can just be in the same group, and it's a total win. Like that's a season-defining thing, and for right, wow, no, it's, it's, it's like, that's uh, a good point, and I don't want to. Is s- it season-defining or <laughs> career-defining? Well, I don't want to. I, s- I mean, like Turgis is turning into like solid, solid classics guy, you know. So anyway, he looked good up there too. Yeah. So what do you say, Spencer? Well, I don't want to steal Tim's thunder in case this is where he's going, but um, this argument about who is a winner and who is a loser outside of actually being the winner, where do we sit on GVA in third place? Thank you. Um, for I let me let me start with why so GVA well like there's the performance GVA and then there's the GVA of looking at GVA. The looking at is the loser part. And what I mean by this is give up the gold helmet. No give never. up the gold helmet. The Olympics is done like 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 I, you get four years. I know that the Olympics was delayed, uh-huh. and who knows if the Olympics is even going to happen. Um, but the point is, the arrow helmet in the gold. It was a bad look. I don't mind the accoutrements of gold for an, a, a former Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. Like maybe gold bottle cages would be great. Um, <laughs> okay. go, go, a gold band on your sleeve, absolutely love. That helmet's got to go, man. Like I'm sorry, right. like the, the statue of limitations is over. Tim, we you have four years to wear it on it's this over. podcast. I, I believe we made a completely different ruling last year. Are you? Are you? We did. And we uh, did. Where and did I'm, you I'm suddenly totally switch? I, I, because like, of the arrow helmet. Because of the arrow helmet, little guy. It was always, hideous. Has it, he not been wearing an no. arrow helmet for the last few years? Come on. It wasn't, dude. The it looks like it, like the Michael Myers movie. So I married an axe murderer. Yeah. It was like an orange on a the toothpick Mike look Myers. here. It was. <laughs> It was a little, it was a little too big and it was hideous for like the, the, the way the, the sun, this nice sunny day, it radiated off the gleam in my eye. I was like, you got to lose the helmet, man. Just the, I don't mind the gold armband. So loser. Now, as far as his performance, that's a win. That's a solid win. Shout out to all the. 35 plus masters out there. GVA still doing it for us. The yeah. the only right. reason I would say he should lose the helmet is he should have lost it before the classic season so he could fly a little bit under the radar. Um the helmet is just too Exactly. It's there too much go. advertising for a guy who needs a he needs So if he has the gold helmet on, you always know it's GVA you chase. If he doesn't have the helmet on, maybe you give him two or three more seconds <laughs> when he attacks and then he actually gets the win. Yeah. Right? Like, like he attacks oh. and you're like is that so Lawrence Just some Mason? AG2R guy. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Is and that, you're like, is that, you're like, is that Stan DeWolf? Yeah. Uh, Oliver's I don't know. right next to me. I don't, oh, it's GVA. Oh, I waited two seconds too long. You yeah. know, like that's what you need. Uh, I think so, it's a win. Totally a win, especially because all of cycling Twitter was hating on GVA the last couple yeah. weeks. And it so, was starting yeah. to tick me off. And he came through in the clutch. <laughs> and I'm super happy about it. Man. So if we're speaking Olympics, Right, and we're still ne- yeah. GVA, ab- always little guy. So, absolutely, hundred percent agree with you on GVA. Like giving a shout out, and he still got it. Does the old man still got it? Still he clearly it. has it. Third place. It's a great, fantastic. I want to get back to the Olympic thing. You have this is the this is the state of the AG2R team. This is one of my favorite parts. You have Olympic champion, and you still know it because five years later he's still wearing the gold mm-hmm. in GVA. You also have. For people that really want to go down the rabbit hole, he didn't finish today, but you have Yees Van Hoek, Van Hoekie, Van Hoek of AG2R, Belgian, 
You may remember him from being on the Belgian track team in the 2012 London Olympics when he got kicked out for being totally drunk and where he like was hideously drunk. Look up the Google images search of him being escorted out with like three teammates and just an absolute mess. It's amazing. Okay. We used him. We used him as the one of the flyers for the 2013 Louisville foam party. That's how amazing he looked. Yeah. So that's how we got all I the like that he's... to go to the to the party, man. They were like, "Oh, I know <laughs> yeah, that guy. Like, I, I know that party guy. With him he's all gonna the time. Is he gonna be there? Sweet. <laughs> it, 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 and it's to the point that if you start typing in his name on Google, it auto completes to be uh, Van Hoek Olympics. <laughs> wow, I don't. That's know. pretty I good. Know. All right. Well, that's kind of feel bad. This moment to shine, getting kicked out of the Olympics, and he's on the same team as the forever Olympic champion, apparently, yeah. um, Greg Van Evermont. Definitely a win. So I've got I've got one more winner and uh, a couple more losers um, to to cover here that I want to get you guys' takes on. Michael Scharr disqualified oh. for throwing a bottle. Uh, in a non-bottle throwing zone. <laughs> now this this is a big deal, and the UCI is cracking down on this sort of behavior. And uh, he was quickly, swiftly disqualified from the race, removed. And I'm gonna call this a win. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you why because his stock has never been higher. Oh he yeah. Is, uh, his SEO <laughs> is he's doing wonders for the team. Um, he's going to be on interviews. He's going to be on all the morning talk shows. This is great for him. It sucks. I wish he wasn't disqualified. It doesn't make any sense at all. But got to take a win when you get him, man. It, oh, I'm with you, man. His pro cycling stats page, it's it's way up this it's, week. It's through the roof. Way up this week. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. you're right, Spencer. You got to get pre- – all press is good press. Yeah, I was actually looking to see. Now, did you see the video of him throwing the bottle? Yes. Oh yeah. Like he threw the he threw the bottle, and then he kind of like instantly was like, like oh, "Why no. did I just?" Oh, yeah. What's knew. crazy is there's no fans. There's no fans around him there anywhere to like. There were some fans. There were some people was there? in the bottle. Yeah. Right? No, but he threw it, was... it directly to the people. Yeah. Yeah. It... So is that bad? That's no, it's not, not bad, but that. it's it's against yeah. the rules. Uh, so, uh, how do we feel about this rule? Oh, and would they have enforced it if it was I don't know a rider you had heard of? I think I, if there are question. if there are people to receive the bottle, it should be fine. Um, if you're throwing it in some farmer's field or off the cliff of a climb in the tour, then you're disqualified. Um, I, th- I think they're kind of to, in the same place. Yeah, there needs to be I, some sort of delineation there because what he did and and what they're trying to stop are completely different things. It's, I can totally see the, like, if you hand it to a fan or it's the thing. It's a little hard of a gray area, I think, when it is just riders chucking them. Because say we show up to the side of the race, we bike there, we're standing there, the peloton goes by. Suddenly there's 15 bottles on the ground. They're like, oh, well, somebody's there. Home. Are you kidding? This is where I can get rid of my bottle. But, like, <laughs> I didn't bring my bottle thing, my old Tinkoff bottle. You're not, uh, vests, you're, right? you're not wearing a jersey? You're, you're, no, I'm not wearing a jersey. No, I know Tim can get Tim can get at least seventeen bottles in you know, but like maybe there's maybe there's eighteen, you know. Yeah. Those are fitting in the bibs. They're going (laughs) no okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes. I'm I'm like Uh a UPS I'm like an Amazon Prime driver. Uh (laughs) I I, I can handle bottles. Oh man. Here's the thing. Oh here's the thing. 
the if he's throwing it, if it okay, I, I didn't see a big toss into the farmer's field. That is the gray area. It should be open for interpretation. This one maybe, but you got to also kick him out if you see it. So I'm okay with that. Let's then go into the other disqualification that happened mid race. Well, I kind of like that they're disqualifying people right away. Yeah, this like, is, I, I do like that. This is the other one I wanted to talk about. Yeah, we've got uh, a little um, what Liggett would like to call a little argy bargy <laughs> up there argy. at the front of the race. Shout out um, to Liggett. They miss that guy. I I don't know either of these riders, um, Fedorov and Vergadre. Um, from we'll call him we'll Otto. Yeah, we got Otto and we got Fedorov from Astana. Little brake checking happening, a little shoulder shoving. Um, what's that all about? You guys got any details for me? I just saw the uh, the gifts floating around and was like, ooh, I, spicy. I well, heard that the yeah the Astana rider brake checked, and then the Alpeson guy did. That's that what thing. I've heard. Ballsy move to give the shoulder check in front of the entire peloton. And way that, smaller <laughs> than the the Astana dude, and you got to imagine yeah. Astana Astana can fight. Like you got to imagine the oh, whole Astana. Team like can if there's fight. one team, I'm probably not going to get into a, a a street fight with would be the mm-hmm. Astana team. You guys have seen the I mean, videos, right? I mean, they after, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just what I really like about this though is that Alpecin is up there policing the front and and being yes. the enforcers on this because they do have the man in the race and they're not even a world tour team it's fantastic and that gets into one of my winners is the alpecian team here because as little guy has always said mvdps mvps we have had (laughs) he has an amazing matthew vanderpool has a solid team around him yeah look at gianni vermish today doing doing great Mm-hmm. disrupting the chase in the appropriate way as pointed out by the announcers on uh flow today. Um, very, you know, he's there. He's had one hell of a year. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten ninth at E3. He had 10th at Ghent. Little guy was just talking about this. A top 25 at Milan San Remo. I mean, 14th yeah. at Strada. Like he's fantastic. Been he's been right up there. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. New contract. Um, getting it. And, and we know all about Tim Berlier, obviously. And now we've got yeah. Otto doing the work. He's the muscle. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I'm like, is there anything this team can't do? Why, like, the this is like the bad news bears of cycling. They've, they've come as underdogs. They've got one guy who can perform, it seems like. But now the whole team is banding together and everyone's better for it. And uh, you love to see it. Yeah, you do. The, w- what's great is that, like, I would love to be on the Alpecian team bus for when they go to, like, Tour of Norway or Tour de Fjord, Fjords or whatever, like those second-level stage races that aren't the full-blown, like, you know, Daphne or, or whatever, like the, mm-hmm. the stage races that are good, like Tour of Poland. I would love to see Alpecian team bus at Tour of Poland because you have a lot of guys on that team that probably have had really good success at those kind of secondary stage races. Mm-hmm. You know, the the teamwork may uh, may be a little bit more uh, pointed. You go, <laughs> so, elbows between each other. Like this is where they're gonna hash it out. This is yeah. where they're really gonna hash out who's the second fiddle to uh, Matthew Vanderpool. Well, it's Tim earlier, but um, I want to know over over Gianni Vermeers. Yes. Um, what I want to get to here, 
or what I want your take on is, did they leave this all out, all out on the road? Or are we going to see some Astana Elpishan clashes going forward? Paris-Roubaix, oh, you so. know, whatever I races so. are next. Well, I, it's been a while since we've seen a good old-fashioned cyclist fist fight during a race where they're like sliding around on their, mm. like on their, on their shoes, walking like penguins, taking horrible punches. This isn't a hockey, hockey brawl where, you know, they, yeah. they're seasoned. They're pulling the jerseys over the helmets. This, this is going to be a, uh, I got, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind spicing things up a little bit. I got, I gotta be totally honest. I'm a, <laughs> all, right. all right. I'm a hockey fan. So like, I love RG Bargy. It's great. Now, do I love RG Bargy? Like, Nasir Buhani's RG Bargy last week? No. Yeah. Eh, no. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's next level. Yeah. Can I mean, he wasn't at the Tour of Flanders, so I don't know if it uh, pertains to the winners and losers conversation, but our boy, Jake Stewart, huge winner as well, just continuing doing the right thing and having the right quotes out there and just oh, being yeah. a stand-up guy and seems like a... Uh, uh, Something that uh, UK cycling can be very proud of for a long time going forward. Jake Stewart 100%. putting solid work into winning that championship belt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, Interesting. I didn't know much about him before the start of the year. Now, huge fan. You know, I'm like, oh, I like this guy more and more every time. Buhani? Great to see. Not so much. No. Bahani still racing, though. Got I guess. second today at some little French race again. Stuart, Stuart's pretty great. I'm looking forward to cheering for him when he comes back. Well, when he's but you know, in the meantime, we'll just have him act, saying all the things we wish all the writers we have right, known yeah. would say <laughs> about between uh, social between, commentary. So exactly between him and um, Tao Gegenhart, like I think uh, the future is bright within cycling. Hopefully, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what else the future is bright for? 21st place, top 25, continuing a solid year for Team Bike Exchange. Of course, I'm talking about Bling Matthews. Let's check in with him in this week's Supreme Lap. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Flow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. We'd like everyone to do us a favor. Head over to wideanglepodium.com. Check out the bevy of shows. We've talked a lot about what you can find there, including the likes of Nowhere Fast, Cyclocross Radio, and, of course, Criterium Nation. So much to see, so much to hear. I'm absolutely stoked. I was listening to more Criterium Nation over the week where... Rob Kelly was breaking down like what the top domestic uh, criterium teams are, right? And and putting the power rankings up with uh, um, Team Cliff Bar near the top, Legion, obviously. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm a Best Buddies fan because of the Florida connection. Love seeing it. It's a fantastic show. Spencer kind of got me into listening to it after last week when you were talking about just the high quality of it. And you're right. Every single time I listen to it. And my favorite part about it is, as as we slowly as a country climb out of this horrible pandemic, that's hurt so many people, America's greatest export in cycling is really going to be able to shine. And we have someone on staff that's uh, kind of building it all up. So check it out. It's great to hear um, and great to see. And if you like what you hear, 
over at uh, Criterium Nation or Cyclocross Radio. You can choose to become a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network so we can continue to bring high-quality independent cycling media to your earwaves. Absolutely. Um, when you're over there, uh, if you find yourself, uh, you know, needing a pick-me-up, you can uh, go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to take yourself over to the Grimper Brothers page with the specific uh, blends that they have made for us that support the network as well. Um, so if you need to pick me up in the morning uh, or if you're just running low on beans, uh, head over wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, grab a bag, support the network, support Grimper Brothers, a, uh, a great small roaster that supports all kinds of cycling. And, um, you know, you always want to do do right by the, the folks that are supporting your sport. That's right. And then finally... Quick shout out to Buckler Skincare. Go to bucklerskincare.com and learn more about the Miracle Wap chamois cream made ex- exclusively for the Wine Angle Podium Network. The tingle is the miracle. Can't say enough about it. So bucklerskincare.com to get your very own chamois cream. You know, I'm going to mention um, just uh, at the at the end of the preem lap here that we still have some of our commemorative 300th episode shirts left that we should probably. Do we? do yeah. a better job of reminding people that they can pick up and have for their very own selves. So you can do that over at uh, wideanglepodium.com slash SRP300. SRP300 takes you right to our vendor that is selling these for us. we got three designs. Matt's great design with Anza, the comic book noir artwork, We've got Tim's campy derailleur for all the old school heads. And we've got Spencer's urban messenger flavor uh, coming straight out of San Francisco um, for three great designs. I Last week, I wore three days in a row, three Slow Ride podcast t-shirts. I feel like <laughs> it, was, it was a good start to the week. Only three I'm on days. My, I'm on my Zoom calls. Yeah. People mm-hmm. like, you know, got my own podcast on there. It's uh, it's great. A little awkward at times, but uh, I love the shirts. What I really do love seeing is seeing the, the shout outs, the photos, mm-hmm. the videos that people send us at the Slow Ride Pod on both Twitter and Instagram of them wearing it, or friends that have it. So yeah, head over to um, Wide Angle Podium Network, right, and go to the shop, and then you can get one of the limited edition episode three hundred shirts. We loved making them, and we supported local artists uh, doing it. We and they're fantastic artists. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this was a compliment or a burn, but when I was on Criterium Nation with Rob, he was wearing Tim's shirt. He wasn't wearing my shirt. So, so I was excited that he was supporting the pod, but I was like, is this, a, is this so, a subtle way of telling me that you'd rather have Tim be here? I don't know. I'll ask people that are, I'll ask for for the people that have stuck with us on the preem lap. Sometimes we put some Easter eggs in the preem lap here, mm-hmm. right? Keep people around. Little guy. When is the next radio play coming? Oh, man. Is Anza going to make a... Con- I don't know what happened to Anza at the end. I'm not going to lie. I kind of lost... Uh, the, the, <laughs> I, I kind of lost the plot, <laughs> the plot. too. <laughs> um, I would but, have to go back and remember myself. Um, I've been thinking about it, but uh, you know, I'll try to come up with something. Um, cause cause we we kind of have, have a little amazing ideas. gap for next week because we, we have no Roubaix next week. So maybe I'll try to come up with some something silly yeah. for next week. Yeah, that's something we'll, we'll get at uh, here in a, in a little bit. Thanks for the reminder. But that's yeah. um, that's one of those things that, you know, Spencer was always uh, super creative with some of the uh, the longstanding um, 
inside jokes that we've had, right? Spencer's amazing uh, punk rock band, Lance and the Armstrongs. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Love uh, we never really, you know, got an album uh, released there, but but maybe we can work on some some songs. I don't know. And uh, little guy with the uh, you know the ever creative radio plays, um, fantastic. So let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We got some listener emails we're going to get to. Um, little guy just mentioned in the Prem Lap, Paris Bay is canceled um, due to widespread um, blossoming of the COVID 19 um, worldwide as the pandemic continues as we fight um, it with uh, the need for widespread vaccinations. But it's going to be rescheduled into October, which also means that we get to see the first ever women's Paris Roubaix as well. So like very I'm excited so. that they didn't cancel that outright. Yeah, I feel like I've been waiting for that for about two years now. It yeah. does feel like a long time. I mean, the one good thing especially will be that it will be the week after Worlds. And Worlds this year is in Flanders, so all those spring classics folks are going to get fit for worlds anyway. And so oh, it's just one more week to do Roubaix. So it won't be, I mean, the thing I always worry with these like reschedulings is that you throw it mm-hmm. at a weird time and everyone's like, well, I can't sh- show up to that. Right. I can't be fit for that. So yeah. we should get basically the same cast of characters. So that's pretty fun. So road cycling is going to win, but I, I have a feeling maybe the American cycle cross is maybe not going to win quite as hard with that rescheduling because it is the week before the World Cups. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna take a hit to, to, to the start lines here for sure. Well, and then, I mean, and as we were uh, discussing the green room, and we definitely talk about, right, we have the World Cups coming, so you got Waterloo, and then there's a Wednesday midweek World Cup in Arkansas at the Cyclocross Worlds course. And then they come back to Jingle Cross. Um, clearly, one of the topics that we've been following and we've been talking a lot about also is with the recent passing of legislation, uh, hate legislation in Arkansas and how we all feel about um, just basic um, kind of human rights here. There is the, the, bader, the bigger discussion about Cross Worlds, 10 months away, being hosted in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, I have not seen outright calls for a boycott Yet, however, I've seen lots of folks um, mentioning that they're not going to go. We're starting to see pressure being put uh, in various levels in various uh, areas. Um, so it's one of those things that I think we definitely need to <clears throat> talk about and address um, here on the pod. And, w- you know, wh- does does cross worlds happen in Arkansas in 10 months? I mean, we're getting to that point of the conversation and it is clearly picking up steam. This is not something that is just... Um, going to be uh, swept under the rug unless there's some kind of judicial intervention because the law um, I believe is going to be signed in the next week or so um, mm-hmm. despite the best efforts of organizing groups on the ground in both Arkansas and then countrywide. So yeah. what do you guys think? Where where are you at and where are we um, totally? And then I think it's a, a, a broader discussion. Well, the I'm sure it will still happen because it's the UCI and they love they love getting into bed with dictators. So this shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't bother them one bit unfortunately um yeah 
kind of agree there. I think the the event at at this point in time looks like it'll probably still happen. Um, whether or not it should is debatable. Um, I've seen, yeah, a lot of a lot of amateurs and a few professionals saying they will not be attending events um, there. We, they've also got the um, on the mountain bike side the U.S. Cup um, happening in like a week or two, like real soon. Um, and that's an Olympic qualifier event. Correct? Yeah, and. Uh, I know at least one um, racer that I've seen, Evelyn Dong, has come out and said she is not attending that race really? um, based on the fact uh, that this legislation passed. She made that announcement on her Instagram page, which uh, she has a, a long um, explanation for that you should go and read because I think it's pretty well done. And, you know, that's a, we're only a couple weeks into this, and we've seen a great – article in bicycling magazine from Molly Cameron kind of being taking a, a you know being a I don't know if a figurehead is the right word but kind of being a, a visual like a, a well-known um, trans athlete in in the US you know she's been uh, kind of outspoken about it and is not calling for a boycott yet but is not going and um for me personally, I'm going to kind of listen to those athletes, and if if they're not comfortable going, then I'm not comfortable going. Um, is where mm-hmm. I'm at personally, and I think Evelyn probably heard that as well. Um, and I'm not going to be surprised to see more and more athletes uh, making that choice. So I think that's going to put pressure on, you know, in USA Cycling at least, and the promoters um, to address it maybe in more of a way than they have. Everybody's come out with their inclusivity statements and their, you know, nobody likes this thing. But I think more is going to have to be done. Yeah, and I'm, personally, I'm learning more and more about it. Um, But the the fundamental thing, I think, that we all agree on, and I hope every listener on this podcast agrees on, is that there's, you know, human rights, basic human rights. And it, at, at some point I've been on here talking about, you know, why I don't follow the UAE tour. Right. Like, and that's, and then that being the classic, what about ism of, well, this is kind of a similar legislation where my personal, um, living in the South, I have, uh, long felt that at times the South gets completely just kind of thrown away. If, if the, if the, the people that are living here kind of, if things don't change, they're mm. kind of forgotten by some on the, this is my personal feeling on like the coast, the coastal elite looking down uh-huh. dirty South, you know, like kind of this disregard. And I think about here in Florida, um, that there are still millions of folks that are working every day for change and trying to bring about change. Um, and when I've seen some statements of, I believe it was the Northwest Arkansas Alliance coming out and not also not calling for a boycott. Um, that then I'm like, okay, how are folks feeling directly on the ground? Are we abandoning them by not going? And then furthermore, um, and that's something I need to also continue to look into and continue to listen. And then it also comes down to, um, you know, if the, uh, if the event eventually even happens and I am uh, curious as to, um, where this goes, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely going to continue to become bigger. 
um, as we see. Worlds is a figurehead event. So this is going to be the, regardless of how folks feel on the size of the, um, you know, the impact of a USA cycling fan, you know, this is not the NCAA um, pulling out of uh, North Carolina, but it is also, you have to take a stand on some things. And, and this is going to be uh, one of the figurehead events to do it. The question is, does the UCI care? Because it is important to point out that USA Cycling is not the promoter here. So it's not, no. USA Cycling is only responsible for sending a team. Now, USA Cycling is going to promote if they're doing, you know, um, like a, a collegiate race on the course. I don't know if they are, but there's kind of those, maybe there's some, I don't think there's any race is going on on Probably not, World's yeah. Weekend that are USA, you know, authorized. But USA Cycling is only sending a team. Um, and that's where, you know, there's the bigger uh, questions on kind of that support. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a big issue that I think people should take some time to think about and not, uh, you know, not just cast aside, like it uh, doesn't affect you. Um, because it, it, I think it affects a lot of people, a lot more people than probably you, uh, may be aware of, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I know personally it affects listeners to this show, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, We've all got peers out there, and we got to look out for each other. Basic human rights, like you said. You know, everybody deserves medical attention if they're yeah. uh, unwell. You know, yeah. These are these are very simple ideas. I think that uh, you know, that's what it is. Well, yeah. it's definitely something we will continue to follow, right? As we we see where this goes. But um, I think in the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing some. Uh, kind of a big advancement on a lot of these um, conversation as it's gaining um, steam. So it's definitely something that is going to become a bigger story. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what um, eventually happens. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, I don't think it's, it's an indictment of the South as a whole or of Arkansas as a, as a state populace wise, but you know, it is an indictment of their government and, you know, that is, uh, I realize that's different than maybe the people that live in Fayetteville, but if people aren't comfortable going there, for me personally, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be comfortable going there. So yeah. um, I wish all the folks there doing good work, all the best as they try to address this. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to separate the people out from the government sometimes. It really gets muddy. Yeah, that's definitely where it gets muddy. As I'm, I'm raising my hand down here in the south, like, hey, don't forget about me. Yeah. But yeah. I also understand um, where this is uh, important. So yeah, it, this is always going to be a, a difficult segue out of something that is so serious. But let's, do, we do get some uh, great listener emails. I'm coming through, so feel free to always shout us out with emails. Um, we're always uh, willing to listen, but we always want to talk about all things cycling here. Um, and so let's get into it. We do have an email. Um, where to start? From Chris. McGrath. Hey guys. Okay. New listener here. The podcast is great stuff to listen to while riding nowhere on Zwift. So thanks for that. I've been compiling some feedback from the last month. So here uh -oh. you go. All right. You guys ready? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Quinn Simmon hate is fantastic. Keep it up. Count me as one of those who saw him crash out and cheered. Same for Muscone. Screw those guys. Okay. Um, I guess check. Uh, 
Yours is the only show that ever discussed the subject of streaming services and what a pain in the ass it is to figure out where to watch races. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I have NBC Cycling Pass Gold or whatever, Flow, and GCN Plus. I'm here to tell you that the GCN app sucks, but the coverage is legit. They have Strada Bianchi, Milan San Remo, the Giro, and a bunch of others. I think I paid $80 last year to get the Giro and some cyclocross on Flow, so GCN is legit. And it gets the main Eurosport feeds with commentary. Nice. Agreed. Um, I would say that I'm most happy right now with GCN. The flow sports, just looking at the dollar for donuts ratio of what the cost is. I finally, I drew the line this year. It's not, I'm not paying $150 for what amounted to the Flanders classics contract. So yeah. you had the Flanders and then the E3s. And I think there's two races left in tour of Poland. Yeah. So it was just like, for me financially, I was just, it wasn't worth it this year. Yeah, um, when they had the Giro, it was an easier decision when they had the yeah. shout out to, to Twitch. Spencer followed that lead. Um, I was looking all over <laughs> Twitch for a live uh, stream of uh, Flanders. Couldn't find it, but found myself watching Tony Hawk pro skater one and two really enjoyed that. Uh, Sick man. <laughs> I don't even know. I should have, I should have watched the guy's name. I don't even know what his handles, what his handle was, but I'm sure it was like, you know, skater boy with the eight being, you know, in there, skater boy, uh, four twenty was really crushing the warehouse scene with lots of kickflips and Ollie yeah. impossible. So great to see. Loved it. Vanderpool. Um, My wife asked, why is he riding a tiny bike? And now I can't unsee it. Does he look like his cross bike and road bike are tiny? Also the white shorts need to go. Otherwise legend. Well, Chris, he listened to you today. Wore the black shorts. Guess what? Didn't win. So, um, <laughs> yeah, white shorts definitely making a comeback. Gentlemen, is he weren't riding a tiny bike? Well, uh, I think no more than just, any other pro, yeah. This just boils down to uh, little guy's theory about all Dutch riders being too tall. Yeah, um, true. I think he's just, you know, he's just so tall that it looks strange. Yeah, he's probably on the big. He's probably on the extra large, whatever comes well, out. Well, it, it is a mail order bike. It is a mail order bike. He didn't go inside a bike shop to get properly fit. He just kind of <laughs> did the old, uh, did the old phone book. Uh, actually, <laughs> that this should be the advertisement. For companies that are, um, you know, you have you have Canyon, or you could go to your local dealer and buy a, uh, you know, any other bike where you could get it properly fit. Look at this guy. Just think if Vanderpool was on a properly fit bike. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the maybe that's the play that some of the uh, companies would go. Um, like shout out uh, though, whenever I hear conversations, if it is the same size bike to uh, Onse back in the oh, day. God. Remember, everyone was mm -hmm. on the same size giant. It was great. Uh, George Jask would have like the the seat post that was two feet long um, when we first started watching racing. It was great. That is um, so, still the craziest thing that that's real. <laughs> like, yeah, if you Google that and you'll really, you'll think Vanderbilt bike fits perfectly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, AG2R kit. Why do people like this thing? Overrated. It only looks decent because the rest of the Peloton turned to crap this year. Hey. Nothing with Citron on it will ever be good looking. Wow. I, I believe I said exactly that in our Jersey review, and you yeah. guys uh, hated on me for it. I still kind of like it, man. I got to admit, I'm enjoying it. Something different. Okay. Couple things. First off, Citrons, I like how they look. I think there's some great looking Citrons over the years, especially when you get into that like B class rally racing Citrons and the rally cars that you see from the Citrons when you go overseas. I don't know. That's just me. Shout out to the European listeners that are going like Tim likes Citrons. <laughs> figures but it i like citrons figure. second <laughs> i like the kit i don't care what anyone says why do i like the kit so much because 
that looks like every PowerPoint presentation I've ever put together. It's amazing. I type out the words. I turn it at a 45 degree angle. I put bold and various different colors on there. It looks cool and it just pops. I love it. Huge fan. Bike exchange. Horrible. Black socks, white shoes, and an awful shirt. My God, did they do this on purpose? <laughs> yeah, they Sol- did. Solid. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good critique. I like that. Did they do that? My God, did they do this on purpose? Oh, so, so good. I just, uh, real back, real quick, back to the Citrons. I'm, I'm realizing, you know, you mentioned the, the B-class rally cars, and yeah. if you're the Citron, little guy is clearly the Lancia. Thank you. That makes me the Audi. And I'm pretty. I, I feel like that is pretty accurate. Uh, of B of B class cars. Of yeah. B cars. Uh, okay, I thought. I'll be I thought if Lancia. you were talking European, if you, I thought you were maybe talking European like badges, like what cars? Like I'd totally be the Citroen because you'd be the Seat, and uh, I don't even know what little guy would be. Probably I'll, the. Um, I'll be that. I'll be that. Peugeot. The Lancia Delta. No, no, he's the Lancia for sure. Oh, I'd love I, to I think this makes sense. See, the problem, yeah, there's no bad Group B rally car. Even the worst Group B rally car is the that's, most bonkers thing on earth. So that's why it makes so much sense. Little yeah, bit. yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, except for the Citron. It is kind of one amazing. of the ugliest ones. I, I googled it, <laughs> and I because when you said the Group B thing, Tim, I was like, I that I feel like I can picture a lot of them in my mind, and I cannot imagine what their Group B, and I can't imagine they did very well. But Spencer's right. The Lancia and the Audi were crushing it. So yeah. I just want to say that yeah. when I brought up what I when I mentioned for those that aren't uh, that because we don't record this, you can't visually see when I did mention um, the group Group B rally and Citron, I could just see Spencer's head turn to the left to his second monitor <laughs> and just start ty- typing because hey, I was like, oh great, I did Tim, the Tim messed same up thing. as usual. Same thing. <laughs> well, all right, you know, yeah. Uh, Chris continues, quick step, never noticed the hair until you mentioned it. Disturbing. And while we're talking about Castorama, tell me the quick step kit doesn't look like they're wearing overalls. Eh, it's a shout. I don't like it. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as good as Castorama, um, so I'm not. No. Great kit, Legion of LA. Yeah, they're a hype machine, but for my money, that's the kit to have. U.S. and Euro- Europe domestic kits seem stronger than the world tour overall. Thanks to the podcast, I'm all in. Shout out to Legion of LA. Agree, it's a great kit. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about this. But the flack that um, the team was getting for buying a team car or getting a team car—I don't even know if they bought it. I don't know the story. They, they rented. Lamborghini. Come on. They had a Lamborghini. It's the greatest yeah. thing of all time. More power to them. It's I, awesome. That that is my favorite thing. It was also my favorite thing when Team Rock, when Rock Republic showed up to yeah. like Nature Valley Grand Prix with an Escalade that had to be at the back of the the race caravan. I I loved that too. So Lambo, like that's that's fantastic. I love yeah. I love what the Legion LA team is doing mm-hmm. because. Guaranteed they get more press than any other team in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, they are, they are a hype machine, but that is a that is a compliment because let me yeah. tell you, uh, for bike racing to get any kind of press anywhere is pretty impressive. Um, so they are doing all the right things. Um, and I think renting a Lambo for the photo shoots, you know, it's it's brilliant. All I know is I came across a post from Justin Williams where he spelled out what like his budget was. Mm-hmm. And it was like in response to something, and I, I didn't want to go any further because it disgusted me that he had to Justify, publish yeah. what his yeah budget was. Totally, because yeah. no other team has ever had to do that. Yeah, and yeah. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like what, like what, why? And that is the stuff that just like 
completely irritates. And it's just, you know, to see that justification, I'm like, more power to you. Like the, this team captures the the minds of the cycling zeitgeist here in America. If you're into criterium mm-hmm. racing, you know about this team. It's great. You know what? Have a Lambo. I don't care. Like yeah. this is, if oh my God. If, if you are somehow uh, unfamiliar or not familiar enough with the Legion of LA team, uh, definitely look up Justin Williams or Corey Williams on Instagram or YouTube, even, even more importantly, and watch some of the crit videos that they put out because they're, they're just incredible. They're super fun to watch, super interesting to see inside the Peloton, like how they just can grab a race and make it do what they want it to do. It's, it is racing at its finest and it's awesome. Absolutely. And the, the Legion, um, they have a couple of, uh, friends of mine from Miami are, um, kind of like photographers for them, like hired out. Uh, so, uh, Mike and, uh, Ivan, it's great to see the work that they're doing with the team. And it just seems like so much fun as they're hanging out and taking the, the content of this team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to go to Tulsa tough and go to the sound pony and hang out with Legion LA. So other email, this one comes to us from Josh Torvey. Hey guys, with the melting of the snow here in Saskatchewan. Wow. This is, this is maybe our first email ever from Saskatchewan. We've gotten Manitoba. We've gotten Alberta. Right, like PEI, PEI, come through. Uh-huh. We're not counting Newfoundland, but anyways, from Saskatchewan. Whoa, really? And the return of the, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rock out in the middle of the Atlantic. It's yeah. Oh. If we have a listener in Newfoundland, this is the way to draw them out. Yeah, this is the way to draw them yeah. out. Yeah, like they, they were never you, gonna yeah. write, and now they're like furiously yeah. typing. So good work. I all I know is St. John's. Anyways, I. I they have a hockey team that plays in the ECHL that used they used to beat the Solar Bears a lot. So that's like my my disgust for Newfoundland. All right. But anyways, like real okay. rational. Uh, with the melting of the snow here in Saskatchewan and the return of the goose population, the walks with my partner have been one hundred percent better by forcing her to play <laughs> bike or goose. Yeah. She's not huge into the cycling scene, so I was baffled when she began to perfectly identify goose or bike. If someone were to perhaps wanting to break this streak, obviously not me by any means, what kind of bike condition combination would you suggest that person to do? Many thanks, Josh. So Josh is asking us how to make his bike sound the most like a goose so that yeah. he can trip up his partner. <laughs> his this, yeah. is, this is what passes for fun in Saskatchewan, unfortunately. We're here for you. Um, yeah. 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 That's a good question. Just come to the right place. I would place. think maybe on your next ride, you say, hey, I'm going to go for a long one on you know, a couple hours. You just you take with you uh, different oils and different things and apply it to your brakes <laughs> and then see what sounds you can get. You know, Play around. Be creative. Um, see what you can come up with. You might just be a little water on those front rotors, but it might be just like a little, little dab of motor oil. Gets you some weird goosey sounds up there, you know? Well, and I, I think w- maybe an important aspect that he maybe he is considering, but um, you need to consider in this is the modulation that you're getting. Like you're really going to want to dial it, like maybe get um, some geese mm-hmm. on tape books or something yeah. and like listen to them at night, um, really get yeah. into the mindset of the goose and kind of try to speak totally. its language with your brakes, with the modulation, because you're going to get 
really good modulation with your hydraulic That's a good point. Okay. I mean, it's, so it's, it's like when you learn it like you learn guitar when you're younger you like you sit in your room you play along with some punk rock records you know you just keep pulling the needle back and just uh-huh. jamming on that d chord for nine minutes same thing you're gonna have that goose you have the headphones on you're gonna be in the garage spin the wheel nailed it you know so mm-hmm. okay i guess i was going i was just gonna deep down go deep down into my saskatchewan knowledge besides being so flat you could see your dog run away for days yeah. i was thinking more now i don't know if um if josh lives in, i'm assuming it's either he lives either in saskatoon or regina now if he's in regina he could go to a rough riders game because they have the biggest fan group in all of canadian football like it's really well known they, they paint the city green they go nuts they're also the ultimate tailgate gating fan group so I would say you bring your bike to tailgate. It's probably going to be lots of beer and some other various fluids that, that end up on your brakes to then. Nacho to cre- cheese. Yeah, straight, straight like that. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, that to really make that, that sound pop. That's what I was going to go. But you guys were way more rational. It's a good idea. Wouldn't it be crazy uh-huh. if. At the yeah, end I'd... of the day, the thing that made your disc brake sound like a goose was just goose poop. I mean, it's worth I a try. It it's a disgusting yeah. thing to do, but you should try it. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, I think we solved um, a fair amount of problems. We also talked about some important issues going on and talked about Flanders. Yeah. Yeah. What Did we miss anything big, little guy? Well, we... we... Barely touched on the fact that Valverde won. First time in 18 months. We got to mention that. But yeah, I, think I feel the, like a lot of people would stop listening to us if we didn't mention I, the fact that one of our all-time favorite riders won a race after a year yeah. and a half of not winning a race. He looked happy. It was great. You could see that it was I, some relief for him. So it was a big day for Movistar. Huge weekend for Movistar. Huge, huge, huge. Now, the, the thing is, um, Valverde was very pleased to win this and i was pleased for him um always great to see but immediately the internet sleuths were out and uh they wanted to know who who is the oldest world tour rider to win a race and uh i'm i'm sorry to inform you guys it is not alejandro david Valverde. david it is, still no okay. he is not a world tour rider and he doesn't win um it is chris horner who is one year oh, wow. older uh, at so, his last World Tour win than Valverde. So Valverde needs to sign for at least Does he have one year. more year left? This isn't the last year, right? I think he might be saying this is the last year. I feel like he keeps going back and forth. This win's going to like, re-spark it in him. You know it. You know it's true. He's going to re So, so he he's, won. He's so got he, a goal. He's got a goal now. He needs to take down So he Chris won Horner. GP McGowan in Durain. Kind of natural that he wins it. Um, you know, being named after or the race in honor of the multi-time Tour de France winner. So, and having been on the same team, <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, so it's only a matter of time before there's GP Valverde. I'm sure. Oh yeah. So at 40 years old, he still needs one more year. Now, Pro Cycling Stats does not have him listed for 2022. So this may be his swan song. A victory is good. I am curious. How old was Chris Horner when he won a race, Spencer? Ever like, and they we, were wearing a. They just had the same jersey. era, same uh, era movie star kit. A little earlier, because I got the like Rojas kit I mean, from what, like two, three years ago. So uh, yeah, 
a little earlier. I... You got the Ecto Cooler green yeah. like logo with the dark navy blue before yes. they went to the the baby the yep. kind of gradient blue. Sweet. I just felt. I just felt I just I just couldn't believe somebody would do that. A, a kindred. What are the odds? You see a movie star guy out there, another yeah, rider. You're like, hey, and then they just look away from you. I I feel kind of bad for you. I turned around and yelled. I mean, I turned around and was like, hey, hey, and like like yeah, we're in a movie like, star. Like, look at us, look at us, cool dudes. Just two cool dudes out on rides. This is gonna be our weekend. This is look at us, cool this is, dudes. This is peak movie star for the year because we've got so, GP Miguel and Duran. Yeah, so I and, admit, yeah. and Flanders. Yeah, I was feeling a little down. I didn't know yet. When I got home, I pulled, got my phone out. I then I saw the Belverde one, and then and then today the Van Vluten one. So it's okay. The the tables have been turned you know it's all's right mm -hmm. in the movie star world but oh, you gotta wave in that fantastic. situation people yeah yeah you definitely need to wave in that situation but it is great to hear that alejandro valverde still has the kick he's got to take down chris horner i don't know what we can do write a letters um tell the world we need valverde for one more year on movie star i can't wait for the netflix documentary of his final season and then the whole storyline of the documentary is, will he sign again for one more year? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for sticking around to the 339th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters. Please email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to share your thoughts or opinions, you can also uh, hit us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. We love hearing from you. Please visit wideanglepodium.com check out the shop for the limited edition slow ride podcast shirts that are still there we'd also like to thank buckler skincare for their continued support with miracle wap chamois cream and grimper brothers for their two exclusive coffee blends also available at wideanglepodium.com coffee and with all of that absolute pleasure talking to you all this is tim in orlando florida this is matt in minneapolis and this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road, especially if they're wearing the same kit. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. You guys, I just looked it up, and you know what race is on April 25th? Valverde's birthday? Liège. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. 
On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Thank you.